the house of Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, have fallen into deep-dyed sin. National sin. Not just individuals, but national sin. The northern kingdom of the house of Israel have been taken away captive. Their brethren are now gone because of their national sin. They're taken away never to return as a nation to the land again. Never to become a kingdom in that land again. And hence, because the Lord had warned them through prophets and through preachers, the Lord had told them that they must get themselves right with him. They rejected him. They turned their backs toward him and their faces away from him. And now God is speaking to the southern kingdom of Judah and he is saying, will you not learn from things that have gone on before? Will you not learn from what has happened to the northern kingdom of Israel, your brethren? Will you not learn how they were taken away, how they were warned and yet judgment and distress came upon them, even though they were told it was coming? They laughed at the prophets, they killed them, they mocked them and sent them away. And God now says to Judah, the southern kingdom, will you not learn from their mistakes? I wonder tonight when we think of our land, when we think of the United Kingdom, when we look at what's going on in the United Kingdom and the revelation that is coming out from government and even monarchy and church alike, establishments and institutions and the, the, the sin and the, the, the things that are hidden are now coming to light. That which was hidden and done in darkness is now being brought into the light for the whole world to see but God knew it all the time. God's seen it all the time. And God had warned through preachers all the time. And little evangelical Ulster, this little spot of Europe, little evangelical Ulster stood against all sorts of demonic forces and stood strong in the word of God and for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And now it is going the same manner and in the same way. And I could hear the Lord as he says unto Judah, as he says to Ulster, will you not learn from what has happened from the others? Will you not learn what has happened to Scotland, and to England, and to Wales? how the government have brought them to a place where ungodly laws and measures have been brought in against God's holy preaching, inspired and fallible on the eternal word. And we preach it and we teach it and we tell it and yet they turn us away and their back is toward God and their face is everywhere but to God. We can look at it as a national Message. We look at it as, as an individual message to you, friend, tonight. To you, sir, and to you, lady, to you, brother, and to you, sister, where God says, uh, will we go as a church? Talking about our assembly. Will we go as a church? Will we allow as a church for ourselves to be carried off into the soft, soaping, politically correct liberalization of the evangelical church? The answer is no. 
Not for any man's money. God's saying, will you not learn? Will you not wake up and will we not wise up to the things of God before it's too late? God knows the secrets that have went on behind closed doors in government. Who knew that Westminster was the biggest nightclub in Britain in the lockdown? Who knew that parts of the royal family, and I'm a royalist by the way, but who knew that parts of the royal family were on pedophiles' aeroplanes? The sin and the shame to the face of God. And while laws are being made, Parties were being had and people were dying and unable to see their loved ones before they passed. God reveals it and calls it out of darkness. That which has been kept secret, God is bringing into the light. I believe we are only at the beginning of the proceedings of what is yet to come. We're just touching the tip of it. What about the institutions of Rome? And the pedophilia institutionalized, covered up and hid. God is bringing to light that which has been hidden from man's eyes. But it was always before the eyes of God. You see, Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. The men and women that are making our laws, the men and women who are bringing into force wicked and evil laws in our land are causing our nation to sink deeper into the mire, to sink deeper into sin. They're hiding things Now God is showing it and God will bring more out before he brings full judgment upon it. I don't believe for one second we've heard the end of God's judgment on our land yet. When God catches a thief, he says in verse 26 of our reading to the house of Judah, about the house of Israel, the northern kingdom. As a thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, and their priests and their prophets. Monarchy and ecclesiastic. The government, he says, like a a thief being caught and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm caught, I'll never do it again. He's saying, such are they all. He says, but I am only bringing to light that which they've been doing in the past. And it's shame on their own face. We can think nationally here of how things are, but what about personally? What about you, friend? Are you saved and do you know Christ? Or what about the secret sins of the hearts, the ways and the doings of man? Listen to what Job 14 and says. But man dieth, 
and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. And here's the question, and where is he? Yea, man dieth and wasteth away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost. Yea, man dieth, eh? And where is he? Where would you be as a thief caught before God? I haven't been a thief before God. Oh, yes, you have. You stole that which was his. The Ten Moral Commandments tells us that we break them every day and we all steal that which is belonging to God. The worship that was his, we refused, you refused to do it. The love for him, you refused to have it. The service for God, you, you, you refused to go with it. When man dies, where is he? And where will you be, friend? Should it be you tonight? Job is pointing out of the hopelessness and the impossibility of man to rest himself. Listen, should Christ tarry Christian, all of us, regardless of our state and standing in Christ, from one end right to the other, the youngest to the oldest, 100% of us, 100 out of 100 of us, Should Christ tarry, we'll die and go to the grave. And where will we stand when we stand before God? Where will you stand? We will be ashamed. If you're not saved, you'll have shame on your face before God, before he brings judgment upon you. Listen to this. Hebrews 9 and 27 says, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. National government. People say you shouldn't bring religion into politics nor politics into religion. Now listen to this. A politician going to work It's like cutting his head off to leave Christ at home. It's like taking his head off, leaving it at home and going to work. Christ is in you, Christian. National sin, national government National government who are in rebellion against God are always a risk to put their citizens' lives in danger. And not just their lives, even unknowingly, but their souls. But their souls. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 5 and verse 45, of God, he say, it says, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. So when ungodly laws and measures are brought into force in the United Kingdom, in the United States, or wherever, communism has become rife in our lands. 
Our lands are filled with communism. We hear about China, Chinese Winter Olympics, all that sort of stuff. Listen, you don't need to go to China, North Korea. You don't need to go to Russia for communism. It's in your government. It's in your nation and in your land. Government is rife because the totalitarian state that this nation was trying to become and is becoming because of capitulation of people. This is what's happening. All will be lost by you, owned by them, and you'll have as they give you. And these ungodly laws and measures of our nation are creeping in and now coming. It's like a bottle with water gloops out at the start and at the end. It flows out quickly. Now watch for the next stage in this. How many months ago did I warn you about watching for the green ecosystem style of government coming out? How long ago did I tell you it was coming of the Great Reset? How long ago did I mention it to let you know to warn the people? You know, some people told me that I was a nut. They told me I was a hitter. Brothers and sisters, it's in our land. It's here. It's arrived. And the latest one world or new world order trying its best to build its kingdom, a revived Roman Empire. But I can tell you, the Bible tells me that these men and these women will do their utmost and their best to do these things and to build their kingdom. But the word of God says Christ is coming. And his kingdom will be upon this earth in all its glorious fullness. The rain will fall on the just and the unjust when God will pour out a national, notice, a national sin of measure. He doesn't take us out of it. He brings us through it. The rain that's on this roof, if we all go out and if there's men and women in here and they don't know Christ as their Savior, you'll get wet with that rain and so will I. And the same with what's coming on our nation and in our government. The church is of the utmost of vehicles to be able to turn this against the government. I was so glad to hear one of our men came to me this morning and says, Pastor, you've been, you mentioned a lot of weeks ago of imprecatory prayers. Many people didn't even know what an imprecatory prayer was, and I told them what it was. They've been praying it every Friday night. You know what imprecatory prayers is? Lord, see this government? Do you see these men and women making these unjust laws? Remove them by thy power and put in righteousness in our land and nation again. Take them out, Lord. Should we not be praying all nice wee honeysuckle, lovely wee prayers for them? Lord, remove them. Take the wickedness out of our nation. These armies that are out up here in Stormont and the Marxist revolutionaries under the guise of politicians and democracy and remove them. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, the rain 
the fallout of national sin from the house of Israel will land on you and on me as well as the ungodly in our land. Listen to George Washington. It is impossible to rightly govern a nation without God and the Bible. It's impossible. It's impossible. This little land of ours which once stood for the gospel, evangelical preaching, that forced back the the dogs and devils of hell has now succumbed to even worse laws and degradation that is happening all around the other lands. We have become, as it were, a fallen people, nationally speaking. And unless we repent and turn our face to God, you and I will find our nation will be in deeper and deeper dire trouble. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 16 says, For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. Do you see all the things that you're seeing? Do you see all the ungodly, unjust, unrighteous laws that are being made and passed and then meted out to the people? Do you see all the things that are happening and all the ungodliness and and the sin that's accepted now that was never accepted before. You have tree huggers telling us how to live. Before they were a fringe element. And if one said it to each other, they're one of them funny bunch of a tree hugger. Now they're in government telling us how to live. Zero omissions was passed just last week. How's that going to go for you? These are unjust and these are ungodly. For God said that we are to eat of the meat of the feed. God said that in his word. God tells us how to farm the land in the Bible. Do you know that? And I'm a Belfast man. I just know what God's word says. I know nothing about farming. I couldn't even grow plants in a garden. But I know what he says. And his word says, take a field. And if you haven't, seven fields. If you have one field, cut it into seven. And one seventh every year, rest the field for a Sabbath. For on that, you'll produce more fruit. You'll grow more wheat and corn and barley and everything you need. God will give the blessing of the increase for the Sabbath rest of the land. And so they'll fill it with GM crops and they'll try and take the sin out of food that it won't rot away, that you're eating something that's like eating plastic. Brothers and sisters, you might say, this is a bit strange to hear on a Sunday night service in a church. Well, it's not strange in CET, like, but it might be strange somewhere else. might say, talking about green and, listen, I believe in looking after the place. Don't get me wrong. 
But the control of people and the control in movements and the control over our nations is communism at its best. From the Bolshevik Revolution in 1917, we have seen the slowly increase of this kingdom. People stood in the United States of America and they would have said and stood for, well, we are standing against the commie regime. It was in their land. All you have to do is look at the Biden administration. So brothers and sisters, listen. For the leaders of this people to cause them to err. And what it means to err is to walk away, to move away, and to turn their back on God. To turn their backs on the Lord. For the leaders of this people cause them the error, and they that are led of them are destroyed. See what the, what's happening in our nation? God will pour out his judgment of wrath on us. God is going to pour out his wrath on this United Kingdom. He even speaks in prophecy, and I will pour out my fire in the isles of the sea. God will pour it out and we'll all be found as a nation like a thief that is caught. That a thief is caught. Sorry, we didn't mean it. I'll promise never to do it again. That's not repentance. It's a little purse because you've been caught. Personally speaking, how will you stand yourself? Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 28 and 29. God speaks again to the nation. Deuteronomy 32, verses 28 and 29. For they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. All that they were wise that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. <laughs> the word here, for they are a nation void of counsel. The word nation is the word, believe it or not. He's speaking to Israel here, by the way. Is the word goy. In the Hebrew, it's goy. Uh, the plural would be goyim. And that is a word that is used for Gentile. God's calling Israel, Gentiles, you're Gentilized. Oh, they're still the Abraham's seed, but they were Gentilized, heathen, ungodly. He says, you're like, the, you're the guy. That's all you are to me here. That's what I see when I look. That's what he looks at Great Britain, a nation covenanted unto God, built on the laws and the foundations of the holy word of God. They're void of counsel. The word void, it's the word abad, and it means to wander away, to perish. You're perishing as you stray from me. Someone here and they're straying from God. You're perishing as you stray from me, he says. He says to them, you're perishing as you stray. 
Is it any wonder that we end up in Ulster and in Northern Ireland with the government that we have? Is it any wonder when we have strayed from God, when we've walked away from God? You see, God's allowed us to go our own way and we're perishing before him. Our backs are toward him and our faces to everything but him. It means to be lost, be lost in oneself, to lose identity, to be wandering sheep. In danger and in darkness, you're void of counsel. In other words, you're void of God's counsel, void of godly advice from leadership in the land, from godly advice and purpose in your life as a nation. Britain, you've lost your place You've lost your purpose and your only great name. Puritan William Gurnall said these words, to take God into thy counsel, heaven overlooks hell. God at any time can tell thee what plots are hatching against thee. I'm going to read it again. Take God at thy counsel. Heaven overlooks hell. God at any time can tell thee what plots are hatching against thee. Hey, that's a personal thing you can think of here. You know, you're getting it. You don't realize of the, the secrets of the hearts. The secrets of the minds the secrets of the people, the secrets of the gatherings that are against you. I was told just last week that there was a certain group of churches have come out against us because we had 300 young people and some of them were theirs in here hearing the gospel the other Sunday night. They come right out and told them off for coming here. It was all done in secret, but God starts to reveal it. Secrets of the councils. You know why? Do you know why? Because they're masked up to their eyeballs. And you're not allowed to shake a hand. And as they set about four rows apart, and there's 300 and something sitting in here. Get it. You know why? Because it shows faith over fear. I've been told something else, but it doesn't matter. Brothers and sisters, take God into thy counsel, for heaven overlooks hell. God will show you God will show you what others are saying in the background. Go seek him, and he'll reveal it unto you. He brings that which is done in the darkness out into the light. They can tell thee what plots are hatching there against thee. If the government or the monarchy or church assembly, or the individual life would seek the face of God on these issues, God would show them what the devil is stirring up. And God will tell us and give us prior warning and how we must open the scriptures and see what saith 
the Lord. Turn with Daniel chapter 2, please. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel 2, please, verse 17. What has happened is Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, has had a dream. He calls his soothsayers, his uh, wise men, as they call them, basically his wizards. And he says, I had a dream last night. I want you to tell me what the dream is. And then I want you to tell me interpretation of the dream. The wise men say, look, let us at least know what the dream is. He says, no, if, you're, if your gifts are real, then you'll tell me what the dream is and the interpretation. Notice here, Daniel chapter 2, verse 17. Then Daniel went into his house and made the thing known to Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah, his companions, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then the secret, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changeth the times and the seasons. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that have no understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desire of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matters. There are three quick things I want to look at that an unjust ungodly government will do to the people of God. First of all, the ungodly will expunge every remembrance of God from the land and will expunge every remembrance of God from you if they can. For example, Daniel 1, while you're on the book of Daniel there, please. Daniel chapter 1, let your eye run down to verse 7. Unto whom the princes of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, unto Hananiah, Shadrach, unto Mishael of Meshach, unto Azariah of Abednego. So he changes their names. Notice, Hananiah means God is favored. It's a word, Canaan. Kananya. Kanan comes from the root word in the Hebrew for grace. Kanan comes from the word kin or khan. It means grace. And the word Yah is God, as in Yahweh. So his name means God is favored. Hananiah, the Hebrew, means God is favored. And they change his name to Shadrach. Shadrach means a little friend of the king. What king? The king of Babylon. It changes his name to Shadrach for it means the great scribe illuminated by the sun god. They won't even take their very names of Yah, of God out of them. 
every remembrance away from them. All will say you're illuminated, you're a great scribe by the sun god. You know who the sun god is? Nimrod. From Nimrod. They want to expunge everything of God out of you. Secondly, we have Mishael. Mishael means that which God is, El, as in Elohim, El Elyon. El means the Almighty God. And Mishael means that which or who God is. He was a great witness and had a great testimony, even in his name, for El, the God of the Bible. And they take it away from him and they change his name to Meshach, guest of a king. He's a guest of Nebuchadnezzar. But his name also means one. His new name is one who is like Venus. They change it. They expunge everything to do with God out of them. The third Azariah means Yah has helped. Azariah, Yah for Yahweh again. Yah or God has helped. They change his name to Abednego. Abednego means servant of Nebo. These are all their heathen Babylonian deities. Nebo is a mountain as well named after it. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebo, Nebuchadnezzar, the king is named after it. Nebopolassar is another king, is named after it. And it means that Nebo has a servant in Abednego. Brothers and sisters, Daniel, judged by God or God is my judge. They changed his name to Belteshazzar. And Belteshazzar means Baal's prince, as in Beelzebub. From the, they want to take out every remembrance of God even from their very names. But guess what? They can change their names. Listen, you and I talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't we? That's not their name. I do it. You do it. See how it works? They want to expunge everything out of the land and out of our people, everything to do with God. But here's the thing. They can force close the church. They can close the Christian bookshops. They can come and take you and throw you in prison. But if you're a child of God, they can never take the Christ out of you. They can never take the Christ out of you if you're saved. That's the Babylonian system. That's the system that's in the world today. Secondly, quickly, when a government removes the remembrance of God, the tribulation and the trouble that it brings has no exemption to the people that it touches. For example, austerity. It's a word you hear, isn't it? That's another word for robbery. That's a word, another word for thievery. That's another word for slavery. Austerity. 
Mass unemployment hits the just and the unjust like the rain. Disease will come. War. I'm going to speak sometime soon maybe on Russia and the war that's looming unless they start fighting before I get to it. Either way, it doesn't really matter. Christ is coming. Notice in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 18, notice what it says. Verse 18. So Daniel goes in and tells his three companions, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that they would desire the mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel is saying, he's a realist here. Yes, if there's a disease. Yes, if there's a virus. Yes, if there's this and there's that. We get it the same as everybody else. Well, you know my thoughts on it anyway. I believe it was released, but that's for another time. And Daniel's saying, we will die just like the Babylonians will die. Notice here, God keeps his own who trusts in him. As he did with the three in the fire, who he calls Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. For the old king looks upon the flames of the seven times heated fiery furnace and says, did we not? Cast three men into the fire. We did, sir. Well, how come I see four? And the fourth was like unto the Son of God. Do you know who was in the fire with them? Jesus. Jesus was with them. He didn't take them out of it. He was with them in it. Notice. He didn't keep Daniel from the lion's den. Oh, Daniel heard the roars of the lions and saw the gnashing of their teeth and he knew they were very close, but God sent his angel and shut their mouths. God's angel just went to the old, the old, the old lions. Shut up. Shut up. Remember when the disciples were on the middle of the Sea of Galilee and the night and the storm came. Remember when they thought they were going to drown and they see a figure in the distance coming, walking toward them and they cried out because they were frightened. It said they thought they had seen a, a, a spirit. As the word is, there is phantom, phantasma, a, a means a, an occultic spirit. Isn't it strange how God's people can see the devil at work all the time? Oh, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. Never mind the devil, he's defeated. Christ is on the throne. We can see the devil in everything. What about Christ? Christ was in the storm. Christ was on the water. Christ came to the boat. Christ saved them from drowning. Well, he gets into the boat. And the scripture says, it says, peace, be still. <laughs> it's strange English language. You know what? That stoic stiff upper lip and portion of you know, a tally old chap, you know. 
Peace be still. That's what it seems to read in the scripture. Isn't it? That's what you read. Jesus going, peace be still. He did not indeed. The original text says he went, be muzzled and shut up. That's the way it reads. And it says the wind, it means it petered itself out. It fought a bit, but it couldn't fight against the power of the word of Christ. First Peter 5 and 8, Peter tells us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. Notice, your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, roameth about, seeking whom he may devour. Oh, he's had his way for a couple of years and many, hasn't he? He's had his way in many hearts and minds and destroyed many lives for the last two years. What about all those people with cancer who couldn't get their appointments seen to? What about all those people needing operation for severe pain and couldn't get seen to? What about the skyrocketing mental health issues that's come out of all of this? What about all the broken hearts, wrecked families and marriages that's come out of it? The devil is roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. And while, while churches shut up, wrapped up, closed up, people were damned without Christ. People were damned without Christ. And what I heard this week was I was the wrong one, put it like that, for stand open to preach the gospel. Daniel and his three fellows were real about this. But they placed their faith in God. They professed what they professed was about to be tested and tried. And that's what has happened for the last two years with the church it's been tested and tried, and in the balances, and it's been found wanting. It's been found wanting. Listen to Robert Layton. He says, Adversity is a diamond dust heaven polishes its jewels with. The adversity that we all have been through, the rain that has fell on the just and on the unjust, uh, all the problems and the, the lock-ups and the shut-ups and the lockdowns and whatever else has come our ways and all of the things that has come against us. Who remembers in the warehouse the cops coming and looking through the window? They didn't come in and they didn't say, praise God and fair play to them. Maybe God just shut the lion's mouth. Diamond dust that we're all going through of our 
adversity will polish the jewel of God. That when we come through the other end, there'll be something in our lining. So thirdly, while government, while society removes all remembrance of God from the nation, the church must seek the God of heaven and reject all other forms of worship and spirituality which prevails in the land. Because here's what happened. Here's what happens. They're told to worship at the sound of the music at the great edifice set up by Nebuchadnezzar. And when the music plays, you all got to bow down and start to play with your instruments and you've got to worship at this idol. It's like the golden calf that Israel set up in Dan and Bethel. The church has, on many occasions, Christians individually, you know what they've done? They've started to ecumenize with the world. Well, this is what they want us to do. I told you before, and I'll say it again, it's out in a book. They were paid, not all, but some were paid and took Caesar's money to close. In Daniel 2 and 18, it says, they would desire mercies of the God of heaven. Daniel 2 and 23, he says, I thank and praise thee, O God of my fathers. Never mind the gods of the heathen. Never mind the gods of the Antichrist. Never mind the gods of this and of that and of Babylon, of other deities. Never mind them, he says. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Daniel says to his friends, let's seek our God of our fathers. It's not time, brothers and sisters, we started to seek the God of our fathers and get back to the old paths again. So in Jeremiah 2, God says to Judah, look what happened in the past to the house of Israel. Are you willing and wanting the same to happen to you? Verse 26, as the thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, their priests, and their prophets. Notice, the thief is only ashamed when he's found out. The thief is only ashamed when he's caught on. There's people who say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You're not sorry, you're sorry you got caught. And oh, how we're hearing it now all over the news, Westminster. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're sorry you're caught. Listen, the liar, the cheat, the gossip, the adulterer, They're all only sorry when they get caught. If they were truly sorry, they wouldn't have waited till they got caught. They'd have repented long ago. 
Ralph Fenning said, we can never sin, but there will be two witnesses present to observe and register it. Our own selves and God himself. And hence, whether it's government or individual, whatever it may be, that which has been done in private and in the darkness, God seen it. They knew it. It was wrong. And maybe you're not saved. You know you're not right with God. You know you're not saved. In the darkness of it all, there's you and God. Uh, the Spirit has arrested hearts. The Spirit has arrested hearts. For you may go home tonight. At some point you'll lie in your bed. And the Holy Ghost. God the Holy Ghost. It's only you and him. It's only you and him. It's only you and him. Do I not see what you did? Do I not know what you said? Was I not there when you done it? In the darkness behind closed doors. Drawing on the hearts of men and women. Drawing the hearts of men and women. Don't turn your back on him. Come fully to face him. You know what repentance is? A 180 degree turn. I'm away from you, God. Turn to me again. So, God knew and God knows man will reject useless idolatry when a great crisis comes. I'm going to say it again. This is our closing point. God knew and God knows man will reject useless idolatry when a great crisis comes. Do you see whenever we remember Mr. Johnson sitting at that desk or standing at that podium, we must close to flatten the curve. Remember that? And you, you could feel it. There was something that we had never experienced before. The whole world, you know, there was going to be 15,000 people dead in the first wave in Northern Ireland alone. Did you not know that? Ah, uh, that's coming out, isn't it? That's coming out. That's not the whole truth. And he sits here. And everybody in the nation could feel it. And what happens? Yes, even us at the start, we must close till we see what this is. Notice, brothers and sisters, friend, people all over the country were contacting me. People from our church had relatives in touch with them. I, I, I'm afraid 
if I die and catch this thing that's coming, this virus, I'm petrified about it. And they started telling them the scriptures, started opening up the word of God. They were praying for people. And people were saying, oh, I, I think I need to get saved and I, need, I think I need to get right with God. That's what they were saying. You know what they were asking? Lord, see what I put my trust in. Lord, you see the idols that I bowed before. See the religion I had. You see the church affiliation I trusted in. To see the things that I held on to and the loves of life and the lusts of it all that I wanted so much. It's fleeting. It's passing. And it's rotting. And it can't help me. Save me, Jesus. Oh, they were so scared. COVID was at hand. Sickness was coming. Death was going to wrap their door. Save me, save me. And then whenever the danger passed of the first wave, what happened? Oh, thank goodness that's over. I don't want to go and know Jesus. I don't want to know him. It's coming a time when they're going to say it again. And in our reading, here's what God says. Verse 28 of Jeremiah chapter 2. But where are thy gods that thou hast made thee? Where's your God now? Ah, you'll be saying to, well, they all say to the Christian, where's your God? Where's your God? They'll be saying, help us. And God will be saying, where's your God now? But where are thy gods that thou hast made? Let them arise if they can save thee in the time of thy trouble. Go on, trust in them. Go on, trust in them. There's your God, trust in it. I love my drink too much. Well, there's your God. Trust in it. See what happens. Love my partying too much. Well, there you are. There's your God. See it. Trust in it. I need my money too much. Well, there's your God then. Trust in it. When Christ, in all his splendor and glory, hung and bled and died on Calvary's tree and shed his blood for you and for me, and you've rejected him, turned your back to him, and your face away from him. And Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me and of my words, he says, when I stand, when you stand before the angels of God and before my Father, I will be ashamed of you. You'll be like the thief that is ashamed because they're found out. John, First John, chapter 2, verse 28, listen to what he says. And now little children abide in him, that when he shall appear, that's him coming again, that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. At his coming. You'll not be ashamed like a thief is caught because you've already repented before your sins have been brought before you. The thief goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. They're not sorry, they're sorry they're caught. And the sinner will say as well, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's too late. You're sorry because you're caught. But if you repent now and get it right with God and come under the blood and be washed away from all your sin, then you'll be saved for time and eternity and you will not be ashamed. 
I believe God spoke to hearts tonight. Maybe I'm preaching people out of the church. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Maybe I'm preaching people out. But I'll tell you, I've always said, I'll preach what God gives me no matter what comes my way. God bless us tonight. God bless his word tonight. May God bless every heart tonight for being here.